During my college days, one of my professors told me, the writer of the sad story does not cry while writing it. He cries when he conceives the story and suffers the pain of living it. But when he paints it down, he is above pain, beyond pain. At that time, as an independent observer, he enjoys an overview of life lived. It was a profound truth. When one lives life, he doesn't write about life but only leaves it. The same thing is applicable for art as well. Nobody paints in a war zone. Painting of war happens after the doom is over. An artist can set up her canvas over the debris of a destroyed civilization too, but can never do so when an assailant is chasing her with a knife. It reminded me of the Roman rulers who kept watching their back most of the time, rather than looking at a sculpture. The Roman Adventure Art in Egypt and in Greece was mainly the manifestation of God-fearing mind. Only the rich and the powerful of the society could afford to set up a temple and worship their gods in privacy. The images and sculptures that appeared on the walls of the temples were as desired by the people who sponsored such creation. In fact, such homes of worships functioned often like private clubs for the elite, where animals were sacrificed and feasts celebrated for days, but restricted within the chosen few, not for the public. As a natural outcome, the handful empowered to address the deities soon craved for godhood for themselves. The artists would receive the commission to build a sculpture of the king or the likes and such statues would be taken for immortalized embodiment of another god to be honored by the public. So the artist worked for the rich and the powerful and did what they were paid for. Such want was always around the cosmic sphere of the Almighty, either a depiction of an existing god or making a god out of themselves. This was because the haves feared losing what they had and the only way to get their possessions insured against misfortune was to appease the Almighty. But the Roman era turned out to be a period of radical transition in human outlook about the nature of God. To understand the spirit of the time, we should take note of the fact that Roman Empire thrived amidst threat and hatred. On one hand, Roman emperors had to fend off the barbaric tribes and on the other hand, there were Gauls and Carthage. Both were powerful and affluent enough to destroy the supremacy of Rome. But these were not enough. Besides these external enemies, Roman emperors also had to stay alert all the time to save themselves from being killed by their own children or relatives or friends. To top it all, Countless wars on all quarters rewarded them with spoils, and such spoils were not only jewels or other valuable material, but human. Such abandon of spoils in human form were called slaves. Now, one may think so many slaves made their lives easier, but hell no! The slaves were employed to farming or construction of roads and so on. Of course, slaves also satisfied the animal desire of Romans to see blood and death. Slaves were made to fight wild animals or another slave until they died in the famous arena. 
Such entertaining slaves were called gladiators. However, slaves did not demand salary. Slaves had to only serve the fancy of the masters until they died. So, too many slaves working free of cost killed the job prospects of the common folks. The wealth that was generated was kept by the elites consisting of the members of the senate and their close ones. An average Roman remained poor and wretched. Hence, the luxury of slaves resulted in revolutions on a regular basis. Just to explain the mood of this time, it may be interesting to mention that some Roman thinker had observed that only the poor could afford to make babies, not the rich. This was because the rich had too much to do in life. There were plenty of fun available at the disposal of the handful of rich. They could not have ruined the fun by having babies burging into their amorous bedrooms. So this was the stage of Rome where the Greek legacy of art entered. Now let us look at the spiritual aspect of the time. In a world running on the fuel of pure logic laid out by Aristotle and Plato on one hand and fanciful whims of countless gods on the other entered Christianity. Pagans and Jews already lived for many years with some conflicts. But Jesus did something different. Or let us say that the Christian wave did something else that pagans or Jews never did. Jesus brought every mortal under the same umbrella. Of course, it never happened overnight. It took more than 400 years for Christianity to gather the colossal momentum. But it happened. Countless devotees had to burn themselves alive for the sake of it. But finally, a single god gobbled all others in existence. Hence, there could not be the possibility of another god who earlier held the throne of a king or an elite. In any case, Jews too denied gods other than their own, but the force of love in Christianity began to sway the hearts of millions over the years. Two distinct features marked such phenomena. One was the acceptance of a single god, but no other. This fundamental doctrine did not allow the emergence of another god. Hence, the ever-increasing followers of Christianity refused to bow down before the status of a king or an elite power of wealth and status did not ensure godhood anymore. Countless Christians were subjected to terrible tortures because they remained stubborn in their refusal to accept godhood of the ruler. Christianity was born in a world where status of the powerful quickly assumed godhood. When Christianity gained dominance, the followers of Christianity feared the prospect of imparting likeness in a sculpture or an image. Any such piece of art resembling a human carried the threat of the old practice of worshipping the elite, hence the possibility of birth of another god. That is why Christianity strictly avoided depiction of people in any form that might express likeness. It was a period of discontinuity after the pinnacle of skills the Greek masters achieved. In fact, most of the old masterpieces of the Greek era were destroyed during the rise of Christianity. Most of what is available to later generations is reproduction. Suddenly, the sculptures or paintings of the kind created by the Greeks disappear off the face of the history in the West. The second aspect of this religious wave was its spread among the common folks. Unlike the pagan world where temples and gods were exclusive privilege of the rich and the powerful of the society, Christianity was for the masses. 
the stronghold of the elites over the supernatural was blown apart by christian touch of love this god did not restrict his tender touch only to the handful of wealthy but showered the same in abundance over the fallen and the downtrodden and the poor too in this backdrop the commissioning of religious artwork became impossible because the poor did not have resources creation of artwork sponsored by a rich patron became rare of course we can see paintings depicting christian religious fervor during this era but not too many apart from the religious aspects as explained before the anxieties prevailing among the elites of roman empire also acted as a prohibition against prosperity of art out of 70 roman emperors hardly 20 died a natural death rest of them were either assassinated or executed or committed suicide Roman Empire was breeding ground of conspiracy and vengeance. Roman emperors never lived in peace without enemies, known or unknown, breathing on their neck. Hence, rather than focusing on inspiring art, they had to spend considerable energy in saving their own lives and thrones. Due to this reason, during the Roman era, journey of art stalled. Of course, There was much development in architecture but large imposing buildings were testimonies of grandeur of the ruler a loud show of his power and glory hence architecture did not take beating during this period only subtlety of art suffered painting in particular walked along the same old rut of avoidance of likeness for more than a thousand years since the emergence of christianity roman grandeur faded countless lives burned on the pyre of religious fervor and greed and vengeance dynasties appeared dynasties vanished but art did not change course much however it will be unfair to say that nothing of significance happened during this period one of the ground breaking inventions happened during the last leg of this period that gave art a refreshingly new face it was oil paint One celebrated painter of mid 5th century felt unhappy with the effect of paints diluted with egg. Those days art supply stores did not sell paints in tubes or bottles. Every artist prepared their own paint from plants or animals. They mixed the paint with egg, but the diluted paint dried very quickly. Belgian artist Jan van Eyck found an innovative way to prevent the paint from drying. He used oil in place of egg. This allowed him to create better transition from one shade of color to the other. Also, it allowed him to create glossy surfaces with transparent layers or glazes. One of the most famous works of Eyck depicted the Italian merchant Giovanni Arnolfini with his bride when he came to Netherlands on a business trip. Now, we should notice one important aspect of this development. This radical turn appears to have taken place in connection with a painting done not for the church or the king. The traditional buyer of artworks did not commission this painting. This painting was paid for by a merchant who by all means must have had plenty of wealth and a broader mindset. I say broader mindset because appeal of money does not stop at the door of religion or belief. almost every one trusted money since it was conceived by mankind that's why merchants usually overlooked the social barriers because their vehicle was money alone hence conventions and traditions did not pose a hurdle for the acceptance of the merchant 
for the merchant in this case it must have been a wise investment with a high degree of risk oil paint captured the fancy of the whole world in the following days but had it not been for this merchant this masterpiece out of oil paint would not be seeing the light of the day of course jan eich was an innovative and highly skilled artist but his breakthrough became possible because someone took the risk of investing money in it the so called traditional art patrons of the day would not have allowed such adventure to take place hence those artists who embraced the established styles and traditions of the era could never have done it because the church or the emperor would not pay for it only an ambitious merchant could do so that is why this painting could not have been another scene from the biblical scriptures it had to be the depiction of some common folk However, I feel the seed of a far greater future was shown during this period. Since the artworks were not permitted to carry likeness, the depictions had to express the essence without showing physical similarity. The spirit of the message had to be conveyed through the strokes of paint or forms of stone. In the long run, this perhaps prompted the West to break into a new form of art called expressionism. In the following episode we shall turn our focus away from the west and look at what was happening in the east art was trading an entirely different route out there for dipping into the mystic haze of the east wait for the next episode